0: Um, yeah, I was in my third year of graduate school in religious studies when I encountered devotees and uh, I thought it was interesting when I was a child uh, at a church we raised money to send missionaries to India and I thought, oh, the missionaries are coming this way now <laughs> <that> like a- <laughs> a big change in the spiritual ecology of the world let me check this out Uh, so one thing led to another (laughs) but that's uh, that was my encounter uh, with uh, uh, Krishna consciousness I I had had um, at that time what happened is is in in the in the 60s um they started this thing of having the academic study of religion. Um, and it was novel uh, at, the, at this time. I had done an undergraduate degree uh, in, in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania in, in philosophy. Uh, and um, trying to, f- actually, my sort of thing I was trying to figure out was where everything went wrong, in the West anyway. And uh, I was disappointed in philosophy. At the end, end, of, end of the course, I went to the person I thought was the, the best of the philosophy professors and asked him, what do you think the best you can achieve in philosophy is? And he said, to be clear about what you're confused about. <laughs> <laughs> And I said that's the best, and he said yes. I've appreciated that answer more as I've got older, but <laughs> but still, that was that was what he said. And then uh, so then I went and did a, a year in graduate school in, in, in uh, English literature. It was my sort of second second love, and English literature was uh, you could de- Interesting, deal with more human problems, but you couldn't do anything but appreciate it aesthetically. And then I heard a friend of mine told me about this new religion department opened up, and so I, I, I decided that I would I would uh, I would uh, go there and. Uh, the first Hinduism teacher I had was named Swami Nikolananda. Swami Nikolananda ran the Ram Krishna Mission in New York. He's referred to in the Prabhupada Lilamrita as the Uptown Swami. But he's a scholar. I mean, this religion department was, was kind of started by a, a, a professor who was also a spiritual seeker, and the idea was that. We're going to teach the academic study of religion. We're not preachers, but still, there there should be some religious experience. We you know should take it uh, seriously as a uh, uh, as a, uh, an, a spiritual endeavor, uh, even though we're not teaching any particular religion. That oh, was interesting. Yeah. So, so Swami Nikolananda, I mean, he translated all the Upanishads and things like that. And, and um, so I took his course. He wore a three piece pinstripe suit. He looked like a 1930s English barrister, <laughs> he even had a pocket watch. <laughs> He'd come down. He'd come down for class twice a week from from New York with a few of his uh, students, disciples. And actually, they said to me um, when I t- took that course, somebody said last semester we had a Bhakti yogi come and talk to us. That was Prabhupada, as I <laughs> found out, you know. Um, uh, so. Uh, so that, that's, uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, I had another Hinduism course taught by somebody named Dr. Chakravarti. They were all Bengalis, all these people. Nigalananda was a Bengali, Dr. Chakravarti. And then uh, um, uh, Mrs. Dasgupta, Dr. Dasgupta. There's a five volume history of Indian philosophy by Das Dasgupta. It's like a big monumental work. Uh, she was his graduate student she wrote about half of it really, and so she was teaching also right. I read each course I read a translation of the Bhagavad Gita um, and uh, interestingly enough um, uh, the, the last course the last time I read it they had a different translation each time And this was a, like a popular one by Juan Mascaro It was like a, a, a one the paperback you know. Not a mentor book But anyway, I forgot what, what the publisher was Penguin Huh? Penguin a Penguin, yeah and, and this time I thought that the Bhagavad Gita is teaching What it's really saying is surrender to Krishna And I looked at it again and I'd had three courses. Nobody ever said that. None of these professors said that. So when I looked at it again, went through again. Uh, of course, I didn't have any Sanskrit at all at that time. But still, yeah, that's what it says. Renegade Christian. I thought it was my original discovery. <laughs> 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 you get all excited, you know. But I made sure I was. Uh, so I had to write a paper on the, on the ethics of the Bhagavad Gita, so... Um, but, but what, uh, yeah, what I wrote about, I wrote what, what, what we were told, you know, there's two ethics, there's a swadharma for your particular uh, jati, your, uh, yeah, your ashram, your varna, there's a swadharma, uh, and then there's a universal dharma for everybody and if there's a conflict, the swadharma prevails over the universal dharma That's what we do, right? So I wrote all that down dutifully and then I, in the last page, I said but what it's really teaching me all to real dharma is you surrender to Krishna For that reason, I got marked down to a B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- that's what happened But the other thing that happened is when when I was sitting there reading this Bhagavad Gita and I was reading Surrender to Krishna I thought, you know if the Bhagavad Gita is saying Surrender to Krishna that's what I should do. And I went Surrender 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 And I looked up, nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) But Within a month, I'm walking across campus, and I hear, ching, 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 <laughs> ching, oh. ching, chin. And some devotees had come down from New York to start a temple. Nayanabaram uh, 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 was... And, uh, and uh, anyway, uh, so there were devotees there, and... Uh, I got uh, went up to them and got got a little pamphlet called "Who Is Crazy."
1: <laughs>
0: I read it. I couldn't understand it I mean, because, of course, I was a Mayavadi. Yeah, every, but even though I wanted to switch to Krishna still my whole conception was was a, a, a Mahayana conception. Um, and then I went to the temple. A friend of mine from undergraduate school, hey man, this is Frout, love feast, you gotta come. <laughs> so anything that was Frout, we, <laughs> we, we had to go too. So I went, went to the temple, uh, preparing not to be impressed. Uh, but uh, it was very interesting. Um, the the temple president was a guy named Subal, who was a really hard nosed uh, character. He, you know, he left to take some yas at but and the the audience it was right by the University of Pennsylvania, and it was packed with uh, student types and hippies. I mean, the whole congregation was sort of reeking of patchouli oil and marijuana. Uh, so I felt right at home, of course. But. <laughs> But, uh, 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 he started talking about... I mean, this was the first thing, the four regulative principles. No illicit sex, no intoxication, no meat-eating, no gambling. I mean, like this, you know. And I could see people looking, how can I get to the door? (laughs) They were getting really turned on. Then I became interested... Then I became interested because, I mean, I had been studying all these different religions, and at least in my own mind, I was trying to figure out what, at their highest level, did they have in common. Now I understood, critically speaking, that what counts as the highest level—you know—that's you can always debate that, and that, but anyway, that's what I was trying to do, uh, and and uh, I had decided that that uh, Buddha had had. Had sort of gotten what they all had in common, and that was that that the four noble truths that that life is suffering. we say material life, but life is suffering. I believe that was true. Uh, 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 I had had the tr- uh, younger brother I was really close to uh, died very young. Uh, a, he was on a motorcycle and was hit by a drunk student, and you know he died and. And I realized when when that happened, you know, going through what you go through and then realizing, you know, I'm feeling this way because this one person has died that I happen to have a relationship with. People are dying all the time. People are going through this. I'm saying, hey, it's a nice day, you know, wonderful, great place. But if I had any feeling for humanity, I could see that everybody's all the time there, really suffering. You know, and I'm just not paying attention. So you know that noble truth that that life is suffering. He means material life, yeah. And he says uh, the uh, the cause of the sufferings uh, are are, our desires, our cravings, our attachments. I could understand that too. Uh, The next one was that one should extirpate these desires, extirpate, uproot. I tried some, you know, (laughs) but it was really hard. And in those days, people were—I mean, it was—it was getting pretty scary, you know, what we were doing for our desires. And uh, so I was not at this extirpating desires was like really, really hard to do. Uh, But the this Hare Krishna guy was going on about, you know. No illicit sex, no intoxication, no meeting, no gambling And I thought, wow, he's telling the truth Which I thought was unusual Um, uh, And uh, then as he began to talk about how to do this He says you cannot uh, get rid of your material desires uh, Unless you can give your senses spiritual engagement that was another brand new idea. nobody because everyone who taught Hinduism at that, at that time the Ram Krishna mission version of, of Hinduism was been accepted by all American academics as Hinduism you know there's other weird things going on, but this is the basis. I mean they later found out it was wrong. Uh, uh, for a couple of reasons. One reason is Hare Krishna showed up uh, at their doorstep and, and another reason is the United States uh, government suddenly had a lot of money to send scholars to India and they went and started looking around and it wasn't what, what people said. For example, most Hindus are Vaishnavas. <laughs> That's one thing, you know, you wouldn't know it. Anyway. So, but anyway, that was the, you know, there was no idea of giving your senses spiritual engagement wasn't really anything I, I'd heard about. Oh, uh, you know, they talked about bhakti, they said you shouldn't get too concerned about food all the time, but, they <laughs> in the kitchen, but anyway. Um, so, so, this idea of giving the senses a spiritual engagement was, was something new to me. And he said, it begins with the tongue. Uh, 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 and then said, uh, first of all, you should only eat vegetarian food. And, and my wife and I had become vegetarian just because it seemed cleaner and neater. We had one friend that was doing that. Otherwise, it was very uncommon uh, still at that time. But we were, you know, we're doing that. Uh, and, and you should offer all your food to Krishna. And that was the one that the tasting part. And then you should chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra and sure this is japa beats and you should give it to the vibrate. And so uh, I thought, well, I'll try it and see what happens. I mean, we were taking some very dangerous, you know, heavy drugs for those to see what would happen. So this like, seemed like a harmless... I got a set of beats from somebody and they taught me how to chant uh, 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 on them. And I thought, you know, I'll go home, and I'll, I'll see what happens uh, That was all the faith I had, just that much, just to, just to try it so I, so I went home, and I started chanting uh, And my material desires began to go down I mean, really, it wasn't like subtle It was, re- it was really working quite well uh, and then I got, I got kind of got scared because uh, well on the one hand something pretty powerful was happening and I as, was what I wanted to happen but I don't know if I wanted to happen so quickly you know Saint Augustine says. When I was young and foolish, I prayed, Lord, give me chastity, but not just yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 Wait a minute. Well, the other thing is, without material desires, what do I do with myself? I, you know, all, all everything that my friends wanted to do involved material desires. Uh, uh, and I was sort of at a loose ends, you know. And the Hare Krishna devotees were just weird. Uh they were not, not in those days very inviting in a, in a way. You know, like, I would go back to the temple, and, and, uh, and, but they were in the mood of chastisement. You'd look in the kitchen and somebody jumped on your throat Don't look in the kitchen, that food's being offered to Krishna, you'll spoil it. Somebody blow, blew out a candle Don't, that bath is the dirtiest part of the body. You know? <laughs> this always <laughs> happened, you know. <laughs> I step outside the temple after one feast. It is a beautiful sunset. And I says, oh, what a beautiful sunset. And the girl next to me says, it is not beautiful. It's terrible. If you think it's beautiful, you'll just have to take birth again to enjoy it. <laughs> they were not very tactful. I, I could see what they were, okay, yeah, right, I understand. But still, you know, it was like a little off-putting.
1: Uh,
0: so I wasn't sure about the Devotees. But what they were doing? I, 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 by the way, I, I started chanting, and it was working, and then so I stopped because I wasn't sh- sure about it all. And then I felt horrible, like this big greasy cloud rolled over on top of me, and I, I, you know. So I I I started again uh, chanting, uh, but then no, different things happened, and and I I think. Uh, uh one of them was the the Isho Panishad came out the Prabhupada's uh, book and i had read the Isha Upanishad in you know several courses everybody cuz it's short and I'll give it to you to read and nobody knew what it meant even the translators of these verses are very obscure you know and Prabhupada knew it meant, that, you know, it was like lucid, he actually understood it. And the Isha Upanishad, from uh, studying the Isha Upanishad, I could understand how you could think that the absolute truth was a person. You know, it really did that, did that, it became a, a, a conceivable idea. Because up until then, I'd been praying to a god I didn't... Think existed to give me the faith to believe in him, which was a very strange way to be. But it was sort of, sort of like that. And so, so here, because because the devotees, you know, they were like wacko. But then they would say these wonderful, you know, incisive, brilliant things. Where did that come from? Where did they get it from? And not particularly educated, you know, not like intellectuals. But and that's why I saw when I saw the Isha Upanishads you know, that that's where it was. Really all, all co- coming from. There was no, in the temple room, there was no Dhyasasana you know, When you went to the temple, there was a rented, rented uh, 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 row house in Philadelphia uh, They couldn't get rid of the baby grand piano, so that was in the back of the temple room When you came into the temple, somebody said Here's some rice, put it over there, you put it on the mantle what there was a picture of Prabhupada, the rice uh, the mantle, and you were giving a gift to the spiritual master. Nobody explained it. You know, it was like you know, so just difficult. Anyway, anyway, I be- I became in- 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 involved in-, in in Krishna consciousness, and then there was a kind of a miracle. Um, just just to fluff out the story, I mean. Uh, so I was looking for a sign, you know. So. Well, uh, something in the symbolic structure reality, something that would show me this. And then you know the, the, the temple had a bay window which was their altar and they had this Panchatatatha painting. I think the first one done in New York and then they'd gotten a little more sophisticated and sent it down to Philadelphia. And so that was that was the, we, we, that was the altar. And then one day I went to the temple. And uh, uh, a a plank was uh, stretched within the bay window uh, confines Over the painting Uh, uh, And there were two figures on it, about this big Uh, uh, There was a Jagannath and there was Balaram I didn't know who they were But when I saw them, I recognized Balaram right away Because I had that at home a small version of the same, the same guy. Because <laughs> after my first year of graduate school, my wife and I had gone, gone to Oregon, where her parents lived in Salem, Oregon, for for the summer, and I worked in a tin can factory, trying to practice karma yoga, by the way, according to Swami Nikolananda's idea. Uh, and... Uh, uh, at, at the end of the summer, we went up to 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 uh, Portland, and and there was uh, some import place, and I had little money, and I there was a box, a cardboard box, and these little guys, some are white, some are black, some are yellow, and I only had money for one, and, and I picked out one ballroom, put them up over my desk, you know, he was sitting there, and so then I go to the temple looking for a sign, and there. <laughs> <laughs> So I could hardly contain myself because I didn't even know I had anything to do with religion. You know, I mean, I, I, I looked at the I looked at the ones in the, in, the, in the Portland and and I said, Wow, these are really amazing! I said, like both childlike and, and, and sophisticated. I don't really understand the mentality of the people, you know. So so uh, I, I took took one home. So then, so I sit down with Subal. And I asked, who, who are those two figures? And he explained, There's one, the black one is Krishna Jagannath, that's Krishna. And I said, Well, who's the white one? So That's his young, appeared as his younger brother, as, uh, his older brother, Balaram. Uh, and and uh, uh, he's Krishna's first expansion. So he's another form of Krishna. So he's God too, I said. He said, Yes. And then, then I said, well, I said, look, I don't know what to do about this, but I have him. I have one at home. What will I do? See, I was afraid he was going to say, you can't have him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? But he just said, worship him. and I was so relieved. You know? So so I, I, I went, when I got home, I took him off of the... Shelf, over my, uh, dusted him off, and everything was fine. Except then I noticed that the paint that made the pupils of his eyes had flaked off. It was been there for a couple of years. And so I got a magic marker. Oh, and I knew why. He closed his eyes so he wouldn't have to see all my sinful
1: activities. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got a magic marker and I opened his eyes back up and I took him out to the living room and made a little place and said, and then I would chant in front of him. And then the, this little old lady next door, who my wife used to help, she's trying to get public support and she used to help her fill out the forms and everything. She came one day and saw that that, that I had the, the little altar and, and was chanting and she said, oh, so my wife very good that he has a religion now. I have something for him, and it was a, it was a prayer rug, a, a Muslim prayer rug, that that their son had gone to Mecca on a, a pilgrimage and brought one back. And she's a Christian, so she's put it in the closet but now. You know, so I used to sit on this prayer rug, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and chant my chant my prayer. So I had some signs, you know. So anyway, one thing led to another, and of course. I defected from the academic st- i mean I did finish up but but I gave them some concern um, anyway that's another story uh but but uh, the the regular principles of Krishna consciousness are f- for most people the biggest obstacle um, and, and, and uh, it took me uh, yet uh, what uh most most of us have, first of all, we separate uh, uh, realms of existence, you know, it's the, there's the realm of action and doing things and then moral things uh, apply there, good and bad or legal or illegal and stuff like that. That's the, the realm of, of action. Then the realm of knowledge the pursuit of knowledge, finding things. That's completely different. Uh, you have your own procedures to follow. They have nothing to do with morality uh, or, or good and bad. You just, what you do to acquire knowledge. And you know, things are true and the pair the, the, is true and false. What is good and evil here is true and false. And then there's the other realm, the realm of feeling and then uh, uh, beautiful or ugly or, and so So those, we have those three compartments, you know, thinking, feeling, and willing. And, and transcendentally, it's Satchitananda, you know, there's these, these three, three areas. So we've divided them off that way. Uh, and we, we don't think about it, but, but generally the way you, you have, at least the, the kind of karma, khanda, Abrahamic faith kind of religion that I was brought up in, you are good because you get a reward. Uh, you 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 don't sin and you go to heaven. You you sin and you go to hell. And that's what it's about. Uh, that's why you follow principles or don't follow principles. You know? um, uh, uh, so. Uh, it takes us a while, at least it take me a while, you know, to, to understand that the regulative principles of Krishna consciousness are principles of knowledge. You go to your department and ask anybody if that, those kind of things have anything to do with the pursuit of knowledge and science. Any, any of the Arab sciences. You can win the Nobel Prize in science and be a perfect creep. Treat people horribly, do all kinds of things. You just so long as in the realm of science you're proper, you don't plagiarize, and you know they have their rules. But otherwise, you know, you, you, your your moral character has nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. So that's why we have child tr- tr- have trouble understanding that the the actual regular principles of Krishna consciousness are principles of knowledge, and Krishna. Consciousness is a science. Prabhupada wanted it to be known as a science. Um, the word that's used in Sanskrit is vijnana. Dhyana, vijnana, astikyam, one of the things Brahmins have. have is. Uh, and Prabhupada often translates vijnana as realized knowledge, but it's Realized knowledge means experienced knowledge, and things you experience. Uh, Jnana is book knowledge. Vijnana, V v is uh, in Sanskrit a kind of all-purpose intensifier, but it means knowledge that you have, things you have direct experience. Uh, That's Vijnana. And actually, Modern se- Sanskrit is if they want to translate into Sanskrit the modern word science, they'll use. Vigyanar. Vigyanar. So that's... that's, that's uh, uh, a- a- and... Krishna tells us that, that he's giving both of these things in the Bhagavad Gita. This Vigyanar. Uh, a- 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 and... Uh, uh, and even Prabhupada uh, used the, from the Bhagavad Gita the term Savigyana, uh, before he wanted a, one of the magazines of the Bhaktivedanta Institute Savhigyana when Prabhupada was invited fairly early on to speak at MIT and this was a group of professors and graduate students no less it wasn't. A, uh, he asked them You have so many departments of knowledge. Why don't you have a department of the soul? They must have been what? Why don't you have it? But he was completely serious about about this because they, you know, got oh yeah, this this, religions over there, you know. Uh, We're in a university. We do experiments. We we have knowledge. Uh, you're in a spiritual institution. You have religion. Two different things don't have anything to do with each other. Uh, you know, they don't belong together. Uh, but but what Krishna consciousness, as it's apl- applied, is is actually creates the condition for direct perception. He says and uh, gives direct perception of the self. What is the stuff? What is this thing? That's another thing. You see, material science is very successful uh, because, because it does a methodological thing from the beginning. It abstracts from our experience in terms of numbers. The more you can take uh, the, the experiences that we have and render them quantitatively, and you can do all kinds of very interesting things with them, but you, you're abstract. You, sometimes you forget you're abstracting. Uh, the color red is an emotion too, by the way. I mean, <laughs> but you know now there's so many wavelengths of light, so we've got a number. Uh, uh, everything comes to us as uh, 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 perceptions. Uh, yeah, it's not. So many numbers around uh, 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 But but then we abstract in that way And it it works It's useful And you forget uh, that, that, that you've done that Then people do something else You become successful with dealing with the world in terms of numbers You then think If it can't be dealt with in terms of numbers It's not there it doesn't exist And then there's an account of the world That what the world consists of Of structures of matter which can be entirely expressed exhaustively with nothing left over In terms of numbers This is the general background idea And and, and somehow in the very beginning uh, there, there is, you know, there was a, 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 a point of uh, infinitesimal size and infinite mass or whatever, you know, some little thing, some, uh, and it kind of explodes or what. You we know, you start, you start with like the very, very simplest structures of matter, very minute, almost nothing. And then, over the course of time, they get more complicated. Now, there's a second law of thermodynamics, says that over the course of time, things get less complicated. <laughs> but, uh, but here, this is what happened. One one person thinks, well, we're in an anti-entropic branch system, <laughs> but because this inexplicably, things get more complex. Uh, uh so these simple structures of matter become more complex structures of matter and, and and so you know you have subatomic particles and they somehow form themselves into atoms and the atoms get more kind of molecules, you know and then the molecules get more complicated and there's uh, carbon atoms and they form the little rings and suddenly you get uh, uh, more and more complicated, really complicated structures. And then anyway, at a certain level of complication, something else happens in the world. It's no longer just structures of matter, but the experience of structures of matter. What is that? I mean, we know there's experience of structures of matter because we're talking about it. (laughs) Right? The experience of structures of matter. What we would call
1: consciousness.
0: Where, Where does... it's a different ontological category. If you just have structures of matter that get more complicated, that's all there should be. So you have a problem with consciousness. You, it, it, and people keep worrying about it uh, some try to get rid of it a philosopher uh, who was a board of material science Gilbert Weil who talked about the ghost and the machine with the idea of exorcising the ghost
1: <laughs>
0: this just little yeah Everything's made of little bits of matter but then there's this other thing this little bit of not matter What you know <laughs> uh uh, so this this consciousness uh, uh, and uh, uh, they have a trouble dealing with it because it... I mean to me the Bhagavad Gita counts very convincing. They're two different things because they're two different energies of Krishna that 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 that, 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 that flow together, and, and therefore the world arises from these these things. Krishna's uh, uh, external potency and his his. Tatasta Shakti potency that uh, the jiva tattva the, these these two things come about uh, people don't can't deal with this consciousness uh, it, it's anomaly uh, but it's fascinating that such a thing should be there it's hard to talk about what it is um, Mostly, they tried to get rid of it. Um, What does it mean to say... See, here, take this. Here's this object. It can be described completely in terms of numbers, right? It's entirely an object. It's in no way a subject. It doesn't undergo experiences. So here this body is. It's an object in the world. But but I am somebody's at home. I'm undergoing experience. This object only has significance for others. I have significance for myself. Uh, uh, that's what it means to say you know I'm I'm, con- I'm conscious. Uh, uh, and, and so we have a science of. As problem called self-realization to explore that consciousness uh, and, and uh, this this consciousness turns also out to be something else the animating factor which makes something alive dead but, but, but it's, 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 it, it's this so how do we explore consciousness uh and and that's what the regulative principles are the principles of knowledge, because the, these just by people's experience, even the Buddhists, <laughs> you can clarify con- consciousness by by these principles. Uh, and and we, we have a sign, because we, we can we can we we can describe our experiences. That we have in this body, in terms of the modes of material nature, the modes of ignorance, the modes of passion, and the modes of goodness. Those are described quite clearly what they are and how, how they how they work. Uh, confusion, lethargy, sloth, bewilderment. Then uh, we uh, consciousness is in the mode of ignorance when the when our attention. When we're just bewildered and we can't focus our attention on anything, that's mode of ignorance. When our attention is intense but narrowly focused on the objects of desires, that's the mode of passion. Uh, by the way, Prabhupada mentions in the Bhagavad Gita that, that our idea of advanced, you know, we're advancing, He said, our standard of advancement is the standard of the mode of passion. He says, formerly the standard of advancement was the standard of the mode of goodness. But now the standard is the standard of the mode of passion. And that's our idea of advancement, is the ideas of the mode of passion. More and more sense gratification, more and more enjoyment... Uh, uh, narrowly focused on the object of desire give what you want and have some more anyway, this is, I don't have to describe it we're all familiar with the American way of life Uh, uh, this is the standard Uh, but of course, what's the result of the mode of passion? it's misery so guess what's coming we can see the future the mode of goodness, is, uh, it's consciousness in the mode of goodness is simultaneously extremely alert and yet detached. Not want, the, kind of an interest in knowledge for its own sake. I'm curious about everything. Not trying to enjoy, but just trying to understand. To, to comprehend. I mean, as said, people don't cultivate it uh, I- any, anymore. It's disappearing. And then we're told there's something else. There's this Vishuddha sattva. Because the mode of goodness is also a, 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 a condition of consciousness. So, the, the regulative principles of Krishna consciousness make Knowledge possible that when consciousness becomes clarified, one should, sue, should see the results of practicing Krishna consciousness is the mode of passion and the mode of ignorance should be decreasing. I mean, it's just clinical science uh, lust, anger, greed, depression all these things should go down. Uh, if I'm practicing and they're not going down, then I'm doing something wrong I should see what it is yeah. And then when one when comes, begins to come toward the platform of, of, of the mode of goodness, of uh, sattva, guna Then things become clearer, you can begin to understand You can begin to perceive spirit you can Consciousness is clear a, 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 and when that, that starts to happen, the world starts to look very, very different uh, uh, And we are uh, now in a position to actually have experience of Krishna well, Not even Krishna, Paramatma even, or even just Brahman uh, That starts to become... And why is that? Because, because We are ourselves, Brahman, we are ourselves, Atma, and and when we think of Krishna, he is, what what is he called, Paramatma. He is the self of the self. And this means that knowing Krishna, knowing in the sense of becoming acquainted with Krishna, or with at least the Paramatma feature of Krishna, knowing that is something like knowing ourselves because when we are spirit our consciousness is the symptom of spirit so we are spirit we are spirit and what we know normally is matter so what we that's the object of our, our perception but when we when spirit knows spirit something like itself and actually there's an overlap because we are part and parcel of Krishna Our, 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 th- nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. So we, but we have the same spiritual nature as Krishna. And so, when, when the when the process of self-realization begins, what we God realization also starts to happen. Now that God realization may first. Very, very vague, and is some awareness of Brahman. But then, then the other experience that happens, just from the clarification of consciousness, is one starts to feel somehow guided, and there's a super intelligence somehow there. That's, and, and, and one becomes conscious of this. These are principles of knowledge Uh, This is what makes it possible for for, for the clarification of consciousness to take place There are plenty of religions that don't undergo this And you see what they turn into Uh, Every major religious tradition at least has some people that are doing this (laughs) And they're more like each other than they are like the other else who's busy, uh, you know, killing infidels or wh- whatever uh, kind of thing they think is righteous. Uh, uh, so, when, when, when we know Krishna, it's like knowing ourselves. Th- that, that, that's why people don't have doubts. I can no more doubt the existence of God than can I can doubt my own existence. Have you tried doubting your own existence any time? Can you do it? No, oh, because who's doubting? Right? You you can't you can't deny your own existence. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's that's our spiritual nature, and and, and when when. Our consciousness expands a little bit, one becomes aware of the existence of of Krishna We can't doubt it either Uh, That that certitude is one of the characteristics of of people who are beginning to be spiritually advanced You see it in Christianity, uh, this this kind of uh, 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 conviction is there It's not based on fanaticism which is usually an overcompensation for a lack of faith or a fear. Uh, is just th- that? Uh, as this begins to happen, uh, the 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 all-pervading nature of, uh, of, <coughs> of, of of the Lord becomes apparent to us. Uh, uh, and we, we become convinced with uh, just because uh, I can't, yeah, I can't doubt it anymore. Can I, 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 I doubt my, my own existence. It's just not possible. Uh, this is who Krishna is. So, so they, we should understand these principles. If people complain they're not making spiritual advancement or they don't have any uh, of these kind of experiences, we, 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 we know what to do. Uh, and, and that's why it's really worthwhile to, to undergo at first what seems very difficult to do. And it certainly is hard in a, in a culture where the, the standard of advancement is the standard of the mode of passion. You achieve more, to get more, to win more, to. Uh, uh, which is disastrous. there got to be some people around who know what the actual standard is because to, to, somebody's going to have to pull things together sometime. And Prabhupada wanted us to do that. Uh, he once, once described uh, to some reporters uh, in the airport in New York, I was standing there when he did it, they said to him, why have you come to the West and Prabhupada, who, who always liked to have fun with reporters he, uh, while he was serious at the same time he liked to provoke them Why have you come to the West? And he said I have come to give you a brain
1: <laughs>
0: They're writing and they stop <laughs> absolutely (laughs) mystified about what he meant. And then he explains to them that just as the human body has a head, arms, belly, and legs, so the social body has these four divisions, and there's supposed to be an intelligent class of people who can guide and direct society. That's the brain. He said, Your society is headless.
1: <laughs>
0: it has no brain. And then he remarked, very, very interesting thing he remarked, he said, Actually, in your society, everyone is a Shudra and there are a few Vaishyas. So that's what it's like. Uh, to me, it's like very interesting because we read about kshatriyas and we read about brahmanas. We haven't ever seen real kshatriyas. I mean, my father was a career army officer, and I supposedly, you know, these are supposedly the kshatriyas, but you haven't really seen a real kshatriya. What to speak of a real brahmana? You know, that's very, very rare. And if there are, they're usually off by themselves, they're not there telling the kshatriyas what to do and guiding and directing them So, when Prabhupada said, I've come to give you a brain, he's, he's quite serious about this that, 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 that somebody has to gain the clear consciousness to understand What's actually progressive in human life? We've mistaken progress as uh, according to the standard of the mode of passion. And I can say with full confidence the result of this progress will be increased misery because that's the result of the mode of passion. Uh, and there really is, it has to be somebody, I don't think we can put the brakes on things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, unless more and more people begin to realize this and understand this, I, I, and it's coming about I mean, as far as, take consciousness I mean, consciousness means I have, I undergo experiences I have significance for myself I mean, when I was growing up, we thought, oh, that only humans but, but, but people began to realize, you know, that that, that elephants and the you know some people have big revelation. Elephants have emotions. Uh, they they are attached to each other. They they you know I stood in Mayapur when the elephant, one of our elephants, her sister died, and she was crying. You know who could think that the animals were, were people? I mean, you know, could relate to them as as people. They're not humans, but my God, look at what they're going through. And so, more or less people have, have have started to look and start to see, you know, the complex lives and uh, lives of animals, and they are so they under, they are undergoing experiences. They have significance for themselves, and, and we can't treat them like things. Um. Uh, so we see, I see that, I, I suspect what's going to happen is there's going to be a kind of uh, bifurcation, uh, probably a polarization, which will also be not, uh, very difficult to deal with. That's what's happening. So we have, the Prabhupada has given us this, this science. We should take it very seriously and practice it. Uh, it is science in the sense that we do the, the basic things of Krishna consciousness correctly. We'll see results. You'll see changes take place Krishna comes in, in, into view When that happens When we understand I'm a spiritual being That I'm an eternal It's not subtle uh, It's not elusive, vague experience It's uh, astonishingly heavy uh, uh, a- 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 And uh, uh, this is uh, something that, that uh, we, need to, we need to do uh, When that begins to happen you, you start to read Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam you, you see things you never saw before Krishna is talking to us I mean, it's like very interesting There's guidance uh, all, all the time If you need guidance, it's, it's there there's devotees around if I'm having some problem. You, people are there to, to help out and, and correct and, and uh, fix things up. Uh, and uh, uh, we really have all facility. And if, I need, if I'm serious about Krishna consciousness, and somewhere I'm missing something, Krishna will move heaven and earth to give us what we need. If we are if we willing to take the next step in Krishna consciousness, Krishna will make sure that we can do that. Of course, if we you know, say, I'm going to take the next step, and he makes the arrangement, and then I, nah, I won't, then you, you might find yourself stuck. But if you do, <laughs> if you, we shouldn't waste time, we shouldn't procrastinate, pick it up, but it's, then our lives become, everything changes, you know, there's. All hope and and and, uh, 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 and you can see the hand of Krishna working uh, 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 and uh, everything looks better anyway I've talked too long uh, questions, comments doubts yes ma'am
1: excellent uh, you mentioned that Today we are doing, uh, following the principle in the mode of passion, which is only going to lead to miseries. Mm -hmm. So even if we are in the mode of goodness, is it still possible to realize Krishna in any of these three forms? Because these three modes are still material. So I was reading and it says we have to transcend these three modes as well and reach the mode of pure goodness. Uh That seems like a very daunting task. It's like two steps when we are still in the mode of ignorance. Or
0: passion yeah well well what, what should happen is one should see that the, the mode of ignorance and the mode of passion begin to, to decrease uh, that should be happening uh, it, it, it will be a natural effect of chant one, one, the most important thing is, to, is is to take full advantage of the power of the Hari Krishna Maha mantra. I mean that's the, the pill we're taking that's the, the antidote to the poison uh, and, and to do that one has to at least chant on the clearing stage the potencies of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra Mantra really get released when we are trying to chant while giving up offenses uh, we it may not be pure chanting but one has to be try to give up the offenses against the holy name. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur, the very practical advice that comes from him, uh, is, is that of the offenses against the, against the Hare, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, Mantra, the, 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 the seedbed from which all the offenses spring is inattentiveness while chanting. And if we're not dealing with that, we won't be able to deal effectively with the others. So that's a good. That's the starting place. So it's really interesting because it, it, it makes life simple. Like here's like a real simple arena. The world is complicated. So many things are going. But you sit down to chant the Hare Krishna Maha mantra. There's really three things on stage. There's me. There's the holy name. And there's my mind. <laughs> that's, that's Those are the actors on stage, right? And, and, and so I fix my attention on the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Now, if you love something, you pay attention. But the opposite works. Actually, it's a, the the thing is, you find out that that. If you pay attention to anything, it becomes interesting. Uh, uh, because everything is actually, <laughs> but and those, you know, for most people they have a boring old rock. Not to a geologist, yeah, go you know, you can see the whole history of the east coast, west coast of this rock. You know, I mean, you know, if you pay attention to anything, it becomes interesting. Uh, uh, and so, so when we start paying attention to the the the, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra within that attention, and interest is a symptom of love, so that that will grow, it become interesting, uh, and then. But of course, uh, on the level of practice, the mind. Wanders. It goes. This is the deflex of passion and ignorance. It gets a little dull and goes off. Uh, If if I if I if I'm chanting and it's offensive, my I start to get so many good ideas. Somebody's I chant. I get so many good. You can free associate. Your mind wanders off. You know. Uh, That's offensive chanting. Uh, That's practically no better than letters of the alphabet. When. You fix your mind uh, when, when, when you just force yourself to pay attention. At least, that's on the, the clearing stage. Uh, and the mind wanders, you bring it back. The mind wanders, you bring it back. If we're not accustomed to doing this, it's a tough battle. Because then you know what you're dealing with. And what, we've had this mind... Look, the really good news... Of course, it's good news that you're not in your body. Really good news that you're not your mind. <laughs> really good news. Don't, if the mind is, is awful, terrible, horrible, full of crap, you know what I mean? You know. Okay. That's not you. Because after all, we've been through so many lifetimes and we bring the same mind along with us. You know, at the time of death, you're liberated from the gross body but not the subtle body. It comes with us. So, who knows what garbage is in there, you know? So, that's just our condition. We've got this mind, but now we're dealing with it. And intelligence, buddhi, is higher than the mind, and buddhi receives directions from the super soul. That's the connection between the soul and the super soul is through buddhi. Dadami buddhi yogam tam yin. Krishna says, I give them this buddhi yoga. Uh, and, and, and so then, we, we do like that, and we practice like that, and just don't quit. There's good days and bad days, you know. Sometimes you can sit down, it's very peaceful, and you can chant your round. and some days the phone is rung three times, but you know. Anyways, I all that we know, but you go back to the... And and on one level, just the, the, the Maha Mantra itself, na Namacharya Haridas Thakur says that Nam this this uh, twilight of the holy name, the, the the dawning light of the holy name, when the when the when you're chanting on the clearing stage, he says that Namabhas uh, uh, uh gives liberation. The fruit of Nam the f- the fruit of pure chanting is Krishna Prema. The, the the fruit of, of, of Namabhasa, the pure the, the Shu nam the pure name Krishna prema Namabasa gives mukti oh, that's something <laughs> that that's, uh, uh, so so you know it's it, 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 the directions are kind of simple what we have to do to, to to cultivate the holy name and then we do the things that help and I mean, just when I first started chanting, I was really, you know that little prayer rug? You take a living room, which is full of who-know-what who vibes and everything else, but you put a little rug down, and it's a different space. You created a separate space. You know, those little things that that that, that 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 you can do, even if you don't have a whole lot of, of facility. And I mean, you come in here and chant, and wow, look at this, you know, but... but uh, uh, if you can make a special space that's really nice, not everybody can, but you can change it. You can have us you can change your clothes. You know, I found that to have a certain at when I want to chant my rounds, I put that on, and immediately more spiritual. You know, it's just these things. So, anyway, that's our science, the science of consciousness, and uh, the result uh, will will be there. <clears throat>
2: Anything else? Yeah. Just uh, one comment. When I was in Boston at the Prabhupada Festival, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was so much nice glorification of Srila Prabhupada Uh and honoring Shiva Prabhupada and so many stories. And um, I was with Vishaka and um, I asked her, I posed a question to her. I said, how is it that all these gurus came over from India before and after, you know, Srila Prabhupada arrived? And how is it that Srila Prabhupada never lost his humility like the others did? Mm. And I said, you know, we know Srila Prabhupada pure devotee, but practically speaking, you know, and uh, she thought about it and she said, Well, the big difference is that Srila had realized knowledge, Mm -hmm. and the others brought knowledge, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't realized. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you have brought up Mm -hmm. in your talk Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. that it was deeply realized knowledge, so he didn't take any credit
1: for it.
0: Well, yeah, sure. You, you know, one interesting thing about the, the, see advancement in Krishna consciousness is quite the opposite of the material world, yes. and, and you you see that great devotees are very humble. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I I read Krishna's Kaviraj saying you know anyone who remembers my name goes to hell. You know I mean, and at first I well man you're writing this book we know you you know I mean I'm trying to figure it out and then that's how he feels. This is just just how he feels, uh, and and, uh, and uh, Prabhupada was the same way. You know, he he said in public lectures. I was told when I was a young man uh, to come to by my spiritual master to preach in the West, but I was so attached, and entangled in house, household life, I couldn't really do anything until a fag into my life, an old man then finally I could come just to try to do something to serve my spiritual master. So, I wasted so much time. He really said, said, I wasted so much time. And then when I came here, my spiritual master is so kind that he sent you to me so that you can help me. And so now, in my tail end of my life, I can do something to satisfy my spiritual master. That's how he thinks. And the thing about spiritual people don't pursue humility for its own sake. The thing is, when humility increases, Krishna consciousness increases. Love of Krishna increases. And, and it's, it's that the taste of Krishna consciousness that people pr- pursue that makes them really seek out uh, humility. And, and to people like Srila Prabhupada, they're really humble people. For them, humility is simply realism. That's all. That's that's all. And then, uh, if if they manage to to accomplish something, yeah, they come. But you know, that's because people help me. It's because Krishna was doing things. It's because you know, it's the mercy of other people. And that that's that that that's how that's how how they see things. So the path of the material world is the path of pride. It's the Donald Trump pride path, you know. <laughs> And he just exhibits what everybody is keep trying to keep a little hidden. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, but that's the best. But the, the spiritual path is the, the, the path of the path of humility, and that that this trinada pisunichina na But this was pursued by, by 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 devotees because it increases their love of Krishna, and that's what that's what uh, we are after so it's not for its own sake people think, oh yeah, you're a masochist you know, no, that's because that's what goes with it
2: and we can see that Srila Prabhupada never put his name forward, all the other gurus put their names yeah, forward no, no. no, for Srila sure. was the Hare Krishna movement
0: yeah, yeah that's what he did he came to glorify Krishna, not to have himself glorified and, yeah, yeah. And Krishna made arrangements. I mean, Prabhupada, you know, castigates himself for having taking so long, and always think, what if he came ten years earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Krishna's in charge of timing. You know, <laughs> so, sometimes he just has to keep a soul on ice for a little while until the until time is right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It certainly
2: was.
1: Maharaj? When you said that, I thought of. <clears throat> Rajani Priya's story that when she first came to Los Angeles and heard Srila Prabhupada speak, she asked a question which was if if Krishna consciousness is so good, uh, why were you I'm paraphrasing, but why 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 did you uh, bring it so late? And uh, Śrīla Prabhupāda replied, um, I wasn't late, you were late. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then then, uh, all the devotees started to laugh, Uh thinking like, oh, he got her. Uh And then he like, Turned to all of them and said, "You were all late." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's true. Almost all the spiritual movements in India are known by the, you know, mm-hmm. such and such mission. Mm-hmm. And um, at the first Bombay Pandal you know, Prabhupada was like you know, accepted as an extraordinary spiritual master and people wanted to get his picture or like mm-hmm. little figures like mm-hmm. that. but he said no. He didn't want that for him. Mm-hmm. He wanted it for Krishna.
0: Let me tell this airport story, I was in the New York airport one time, when, because I was in Philadelphia, but probably I would come and go to New York, he'd go up and see himself. He'd been in New York and he was leaving, and there was a, um when Prabhupada was leaving, it was uh, people liked it better in some ways because there was not a big press conference and just sit around and talk. It was kind of intimate. But there was a kind of a crowd for this intimate scene, you know, devotees going with Prabhupada. And of course, in those days, you could go all the way down the concourses and, you know, there's no security like there is now. So Prabhupada goes and sits down at the boarding area and all these devotees come in and sit down. And <coughs> and some sit on the floor and they're sitting on the on the chair, very informal. I, I saw once Prabhupada in the Calcutta airport to see him off, and he saw me. He wanted to talk to me about something. He just patted the chair next to him. You know? <laughs> it was just like really whoa. <laughs> um, so it was like that. It was very informal, and, and so it was a big kind of a big crowd of people. And, and uh, uh, then I, I was on the outside of the of, of the crowd around Prabhupada, uh, and, and then I noticed that there were other passengers to get on the plane, and they couldn't get in the boarding area because it was filled with devotees. And there was a, one of the gate agents was like getting a little frantic and was going up to devotees to try to tell them to move out and they just blow them off because listen to what Prabhupada is saying. And so I watched this for a while. I thought, well, you know, I, I was a temple president somewhere, so on. So I tried to get some devotees to move, and nobody would do it. So then there was, the, the GBC, was, uh, there was Rupanuga. And he has, you know, what, what in the military they call command presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, besides, he had the position. So I got Rupanuga, and I showed him what was happening. So he tried to get some people to move, and nobody would move. They just absorbed, and whatever, Prabhupada is talking with these people around him. So finally Rupanuga, you know, they had these rows of chairs with a little table submitted to them at the end. So he jumps up on the table and he leans out and he says, All devotees leave the boarding area right now. And everybody's looking up in shock and offended heart. And before anybody moves, Prabhupada's getting up and walking out. <laughs> <laughs> and Rupert would laugh He said, <laughs> not you should have thought Oh,
1: yes
2: Anything
0: else? Can we finish up
1: Okay I think we should have a little kirtan. time yeah yeah that's all mm-hmm.